0: This week's episode is brought to you by. Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at night. Now that the Mean Boys podcast is dead, these beginning of the episode gags are ours, all ours. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Ripier. Yeah, so I co-opted the opening joke thing from Mean Boys. Like, how long ago? How long ago did I start doing that? Like a year. Year and a half?
1: At least, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Mean Boys podcast was run by uh, Connor McSpadden, uh, Keith Carey, and Tom Goss, who all now write for David Spade's show on Comedy Central.
1: I forgot and, that guy existed.
0: Yeah. No, he's got a show on Comedy Central. And they uh, they write for it now, and they had to stop doing their podcast, like, I think about a month ago. And, uh, yeah, so, R.A.P. Mean Boys podcast, I can only... Hope that the, you know, opening joke is as good as they'll be one day, which we know it won't. But, uh, yeah. RIP to (laughs) a giant of podcasting, at least in in our world, over here on Nexus at night. Um, But yeah, today, we're talking about juggling two or more trading card games.
1: As I shuffle a not-Magic deck and not-Vanguard deck.
0: What are you shuffling?
1: I'm shuffling a Weiss deck.
0: Oh, you you said you were getting back into into it, right?
1: Yeah, I've bought into a new uh, one of the Weiss sets coming out in March called okay. The Fruit of Grisade. What brought you back As, in? Uh, I, I like this particular uh, visual novel series a lot. And I was like, ooh, I need that. Also, Weiss is pretty fun.
0: It's not a bad way to be. I mean, like, to get back into it because of a certain aesthetic or, you know, play yeah. style.
1: Well, it, it helps that, like, all of the Weiss sets are, like, based off, like, Anime series, but
0: we all, we, I mean,
1: we are aware the anime sucks and it's for nerds, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Latin above Jeez. the doors, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy this particular series. Like, I, I had Monogatari uh, prior and because uh, I enjoy that series, a lot. but uh, mm. so I literally get sets that I actually like the series for, or you know, the, the source material, I guess, but yeah, so that that's kind of what got me back into it,
0: right uh, on. Also, Vice we'll
1: be- just has cool stuff going
0: on. I don't know. I, I never quite like the card art where it's just like the snapshots of anime. They're
1: getting slightly better about that, as Unless they I... now
0: move that to Buddy Fight. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I mean, I, I I never was a fan of Buddy Fight anyway. But that's for that's its own gripes. But th- the reason I wanted to bring this up is we are you know unequivocally a Vanguard podcast. That's why you're here. That's why you listen to us. But it dawned on us that. Not a small number of people who play Vanguard out there. Also play other trading card games myself and Matt included. Yep. And Ruberia you too? Or No. No.
1: I at one point at one time played four card games.
2: Wow. That sounds awful.
1: It was a lot. What were they? Uh Vanguard, Weiss, Magic and Pokemon.
0: How competitively were you like into those four games during that time when it was all four?
1: Magic, pretty pretty heavily. Pokemon, I played in a couple tournaments and then I sold out because then they banned the card that I, that I was. Then they banned one of the cards I was playing. I was playing I was playing Maxi's Giveltel when it was in Standard, hmm. and then I, I built it in Premium or Expanded. Sorry, and was playing it there with the Archeops that got banned. It's, that basically says like if the, it's a fight. It's a fighting type that says. If it's on your bench, Pog- P players can't evolve Pokemon. But with Maxi's yeah. hidden ball trick, you just shove it to play on turn one. Which was really lame and stupid. So I was playing that, and they banned that card. But I had already sold out
0: by then. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh,
1: but it was really fun. Uh, Pokemon had a lot of stuff going on. It felt like everyone's playing like Storm and Magic, where you just kind of like draw a bunch of cards on your first turn and just should go off. I enjoy that. But it's less like that now, so I'm less interested. <laughs> Vanguard was when I was playing with you all. so Yeah,
0: that, that was mm-hmm.
1: uh, back at UCR. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we were still going to, like, regionals when we could and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Weiss I played pretty much every time, like, every weekend. Mm-hmm. So,
0: fair bit. Like, why don't we just... L- let's start with the first question on everyone's mind's money. TCGs um, are mm. expensive. Yeah, they, uh, they are Yeah, I... I think t- in order to like juggle two or more TCGs at a time, you have to quit caring about rarity. Because um, I know there That's, are yeah. those. What? That's generally true. Yeah, like for in a game like this where you have you know super cool printings of uh, you know high rarity cards that people will like get the play set of so that they can be like check that shit out on Instagram or. Twitter or whatever, or just at Locals. You Unless you're someone who's famous like Solemn Vanguard, who I assume that gets gifted to him, or he makes enough money from his channel, which that's a possibility, or uh, you're just rich to begin with. It's not something that I have been able to keep up. Like, I, I tried at the beginning of VR to be like, alright, I'm gonna get the SVR for whatever plans I'm playing, and it's like, holy shit, with how fast cards are becoming power creeped in V series, it's just you can't. The center will not hold, <laughs> and it was just so annoying to be like, "All right, I got the SVR Bass cards, and up, oh, I don't, I don't have to play them anymore." Yeah, awkward. Yeah, I
1: don't really get how. Like, I think that's one big problem I have with like some high rarity stuff. Like, I, I think a lot of high rarity stuff's like pretty cool. It looks nice, but yeah. I hate it. I hate it when it just becomes like completely irrelevant.
0: I feel oh, no. like it's easier. Okay, so Van- because Vanguard is split into clans, when you when the clan when the clan gets power creep, there's only one direction to go. Whereas, like I used to play Yu from 2008 to 2012, so like Teledad format to Insectors, that's where I was, and you could get high rarity copies of stuff that would last you for literally years because mm-hmm. staples in that game can fit pretty much anywhere. For a long time, like you could get a ghost rare, you know, Black Rose Dragon, which I had. I missed that card. Uh, that would that was useful for literally the entire time that I played the game for. And yet, yeah. in Vanguard, <laughs> my SVR Bas card went out of style after what six months, <laughs> if that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's hard to justify
1: that. I know, also Vanguard, Vanguard, like, high rarity is, like, at least in V has been a little less than, like, most high rarity shit. Yeah, that's
0: true. Mm-hmm.
1: They look nice, So it's nice not been, too. like, as bad, but it still feels pretty bad when they're just unplayable.
0: So, with money, you're like, alright, trying to juggle this game, and then you're like, I want to play a second TCG, because I'm insane. Um, it seems like the only reason that I decided to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh! and this alongside Matt telling me he's getting back into Weiss, that sparked this episode idea in the first place, is because my stupid friends shout out to everybody, love you uh, are every time we get together recently because standard Vanguard has been so boring, everyone's just been bringing their Yu-Gi-Oh decks with them and I'm sick of sitting off to the side being like can we play Vanguard now? Like that was the reason I got back into it. Was li- I got peer pressured by my group of friends unintentionally? Hmm. GG. Yeah. That is how people
1: fall into other card games for the most part. Well, you get peer pressured yeah. by your
0: friends. Mm-hmm. I, I feel feel got like into Vanguard. People- yeah. It was like, hey, you should play this game. And then- Actually, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me too after high school.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just get like shoved into it, and you're like, "Well, here I am." <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to use. have a
2: semi-successful podcast off of it now.
1: Yep. Yeah, right. And, but try I think it. what helped me out a lot too is I was playing Modern and Magic, and yeah. I already had like the deck I was playing. And you don't need to change the decks very much in Modern as long as your deck's like above like a certain level. So I just didn't need to buy Modern cards that often. That's good. So I was so magic was kind of a free roll since I already had the cards, mm. and I just bought like the Weiss sets. I actually gave a shit about, and then Vanguard is like, you know, play whatever.
2: Yeah, update your your deck every like two or three months.
1: Yeah. So, it wasn't as bad, like, in that context, because I wasn't playing standard or anything, which is, like, ends up being more expensive than modern, for the most part, uh, after a long period of time, so it wasn't a huge deal. And Pokemon, like, I bought a lot of high rarity shit, but I just sold it, like, pretty quickly for, like, basically the same price. Mm. Like, I sold my my full-art Jirachi EX before they printed Tapu Lele.
0: Yeah.
1: So I sold my Full Art end after they reprinted it, but I bought it before they reprinted it. So I ended up making a lot of that. It just ended up being like just mostly alright.
2: So out of curiosity, how well do cards retain value between the different games you've played?
1: Vanguard? Like, shit. Uh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! It, 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 like, actually... Uh, go on.
0: Uh, Vanguard, car- uh, Vanguard cards age like a bucket of milk on a hot porch... In August like just ugh, it does not age well at all
1: yeah I mean sometimes like you get lucky and you know somebody decides to buy out some other card mm-hmm. but like that's pretty rare overall and most of the time old cards just kind of go down 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 uh yeah. it, unless they're strides in which case they're probably pretty safe hmm. uh but most uh, like random grade two like old grade twos, probably just don't matter uh
0: you're better Magic. Off, cards uh, hold up super well. Same with Yu Gi Oh! to an extent. Like, there are game wide staples that, you know, be like, you know, stuff rises and falls, but things like the hand traps, like the, what are they called? Ghost Girls? Like your mm-hmm. Ash Blossoms and things like that. Yeah. Those, you know, came out years ago and they're still relevant. Yeah, those uh, cards are just
1: also insane. And they're, you know, they're going to be played for a long time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like, but... Wise cards are weird. Um, Wise cards usually start out, like, fairly average, and then they go up for a little bit. Then they go, like, up after a little bit because the set's out of print. Because wise sets go out of print pretty quickly. And if they get a reprint, things might like rise or fall again, mm-hmm. and it also kind of depends how much of that stuff people are opening, like idle sets people open just an absolute fuck ton and so the cause people are chasing the foils like the s p s and whatnot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that so because people are opening a metric fuck ton of those sets, the prices of the regular cards go down because there's just so much of it
0: with uh what am I thinking of? Like, in in stuff like Magic or uh, Weiss, if someone gets a reprint, does the original printing that was expensive also go down? Or does it mostly uh, retain its value in the new... You know, the new printing is the cheap one, only.
1: Uh, in Weiss, I guess it goes down, because it's kind of, like, replaceable now. Mm-hmm. In Magic, uh, it depends on the art a lot of the time. If they change the art, the old printing might retain value, because people want the original art. Yeah. Or the original order mm-hmm. or what have you. So, like, even even Lightning Bolt, which has had, like, a thousand fucking printings of Magic, uh, the old ones are still very expensive compared to the newer ones. Because people... Uh, it's, like, blingy to have it from, like, the first set it was in. Mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, that's the thing.
0: That's the thing.
1: Yeah, so... It's, it, it, reprinting cards in Magic doesn't always drive down the price of the older versions. It certainly can, uh, but it doesn't always do that. It kind of depends how iconic the original art is and how how people feel about it. But, like, old Magic cards are, like, very old now. So, they're kind of collector's items anyway. Gotcha. Because a lot of uh, what re- helps cards retain value is, like, playability, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, when you have, like, old cards in Vanguard that remain that remain playable, like random things in G-Era, right? Uh, you know, like, uh, what's a good example of this shit? Like, the cross. Yeah. Right? Oh,
2: uh, yeah.
1: Because, you know, they printed a new dote, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, wait, this card has additional playability now because they printed a new card that's called Dragonic Overlord The End.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. which that's and, an interesting way to like m- make use of old cards again—is just have the same name but a different effect, right?
1: And you know that was kind of a big deal with Legion mates when they were print- reprinting them, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this is another of this sh- of this thing. Like that's why we're looking. Like, there's a new Great Daiusha, but it just doesn't matter, unfortunately. Because, mm-hmm. like, as a Legion mate, what does it do? <laughs> and like you need your legion mate to have a crit so it's all even like weirder yeah mm-hmm. so it doesn't do anything but this is but dote was like you know one of the ones that mattered cuz it actually like combined well with uh the legion cuz now you have a triple restander
2: mhm mhm and then there're also random times where they just printed support strides for these ancient cards no one was playing
1: oh my god maelstrom <laughs> <laughs> A good example. Yeah, that, ma- that random-ass maelstrom
0: stride for no reason. Yep. So just like trying to balance the like two games financially, how how do you how do you do that personally, Matt? Uh, I pretty
1: much always bought low rarities, like lowest rarity shit. I didn't mm-hmm. care about foils very much. Um, mm-hmm. I tried not to hold on to things i didn't need very much so like if i didn't need something i just ship it
0: oh instead of like being like oh i could use this for a deck later just fuck it yeah yeah know. Yeah, i okay. just like no i'll just sell it if i need it again i'll figure it out mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but in, in Weiss it's not too bad because you're pretty much restricted to your series so anything yeah it, series you just kind of don't give a shit about and in Vanguard, you know, you're restricted to your clan, so anything outside of the clan you can just maybe give a shit about, depending on what deck you want to play, or if you want to play multiple decks. In a Magic, there's, like, a lot of cards that I might have that I just don't give a shit about anymore. So, cards that have gone up or whatever, so I can just get rid of them and, like, subsidize the uh, cost of what I'm doing. <clears throat> so, it, it, it helped that I had, like, a, lar- a fairly large Magic collection going into it.
2: Yeah. And then, I guess that's why I was asking the value question, because that also kind of plays into it. If you can just buy cards and then hold on to them for a really long time, then your cost kind of goes down a bit, because you're not buying new cards as much as you do in Vanguard.
1: Yeah. What about you, Alice? what what, what, do you, what do you do occasionally on this topic?
0: So, uh... Since getting back into Yu Gi Oh!, I recently have just been playing absolute jank. Okay, one of my favorite things about TCGs in general is that it's the deck building part of it, which, uh, mm-hmm. which means when I get into a TCG, I kind of get all the way in to a TCG. Mm-hmm. But luckily, thanks to things like Dueling Book and uh, Dueling Nexus and. Uh, stuff like that. I can kind of satisfy my weird need for tinkering online without having to really uh, invest in it in real life. Which, Vanguard doesn't really have a good option for that, and no CFA doesn't count. But Udio is pretty God's good. CFA is atrocious. Yes, it is. Um, but Udio has pretty good tools for that, so I can satisfy that need, and also I have a jank uh PK fire deck so that's a burning abyss and phantom nice that I deck that I can bring to games with my friends and obviously it needs help a lot of help and I'll get the I'll get the cards when I get them I'm not really in a rush to make this competitively viable and I'm not really in a rush to like keep mm. building stuff cuz mm-hmm. I can play online so I have this thing that I can use as like you know ways to hang out with my friends and, you know, spend time with them without just being, like, sulky over there in a corner. Uh, And, yeah, I'm going to lose a lot, but it's a cheap, effective way to do it. Also, side note, Burning Abyss is based off of uh, Dante's Inferno, and had I known that Burning Abyss was going to be not just competitively viable, but, like, outright useful for the better part of a decade, I would have come back to Yu-Gi-Oh! A long time ago, I people were surprised that
1: Dante was at three for like literally forever.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: like that card was good for a, such a long time, and people were like, "Yeah, this," and like just never got hit because it was generic. like super bizarre. Yeah, yeah, right. It was um, so weird.
0: But yeah, it, it's just because it's you know. Based on Dante's Inferno, you have like your Beatrice and your Virgil and stuff. Not all of them are competitively viable, but it's just that kind of like nerd level thing that just kind of scratches that itch for me.
2: It excites your creative writing major.
0: I mean, if you want to make sure, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that next time I'm horny, uh, my creative writing. Major, <laughs>
1: and then my coworkers are going
0: to be like what the fuck are you talking about don't worry about it it's a weird just weird you have yeah. actually fun story from this last weekend uh tangent but fuck it i uh, i got invited to a friend of mine to karaoke night uh and i was like oh yeah i love love karaoke and i did not realize that when i got to this bar that was called sanctuary that it was a sex dungeon <laughs> Uh <laughs> So you go in <laughs> you go in, there's a bar, there's a stage, people are doing karaoke, there's you know, couches and you know stools and stuff. There are also doors to rooms where people are like with bondage gear and stripper poles and people in fishnets, and I saw a Diana Diaper, and just it looked like no, no, okay, no so, need to project. <laughs> My friend was showing me around these rooms, and I'm like, this looks like the room you would fight a boss in. Because there was (laughs) one with all these platforms and stuff, I'm like, this looks like in The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword in that first dungeon, where you go in there and it's just the the creepy vampire dude is just there waiting for you. That. (laughs) (laughs) I was the most vanilla-looking person there. Because everyone's like you know in, in stuff in gear, Uh and I'm in like a t-shirt. I'm like like in a rush t-shirt and jeans. I look like a fucking moron. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) just just get me a gimp suit so I could fit in. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I felt so bad. I'm like, okay. Not only did I not know this was going to be a thing, I'm not just vanilla. I'm a I'm aggressively vanilla. I'm vanilla extract. (laughs) Clearly not meant to be here. Not meant to so wait,
1: her. wait, why did your friend take you to this place?
0: Because she, she was like uh karaoke. Come, come do karaoke. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a, ho- I'm an attention she whore. She know what this place was. Yes, she knew exactly what she, what, what the- it was. She just kind wait. of lie by omission to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe she just secretly wants to tell you what she's into.
0: No, she's already kind of told me. She, she's pretty oh, straight. Okay. She's like, I'm a sub, I enjoy bondage. I'm like, oh cool. Like, oh okay. Yeah, I had a great time though. We're, we're, like, you know, I did jerk it out by Caesars because I have no chill, and uh, they, you know, this this uh, cute girl in a white dress bought me a drink after, but I I didn't get to talk to her because she like disappeared. But yeah, I saw I saw many naked sure butts. It was, it was a ghost. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, that that was a very interesting weekend. What were we talking about before this? Uh we're talking about playing multiple card games you see. Yeah, I got that part, but like what specifically where I brought that up. Oh right. You're uh thought,
2: You're talking, oh, about we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh and Yu Gi
0: Oh.
2: Burning Abyss.
0: Yes. Yeah, so just Burning Abyss, I like the whole aesthetic of it and uh Dante and all and just I, I wish I had gone back to it earlier instead of now where it kinda seems like whenever you pick up it, like you see deck list for stuff in Burning Abyss is more of an engine than the results of the deck itself. Mm-hmm. Um which that that's something that you don't really see much in uh Vanguard is engines.
1: What's Torguide at this way? What's Tor what? Torguide at this at this point?
0: Two. Is that two. Two? Yeah. a nice print free dante yeah there's a nice cheap printing that's like a common i was like see that's my kind of stupid
1: the card's not like you know whatever thousands of dollars it was before i
0: remember yeah i remember when (laughs) tordide first came out and people were like tordide into sangian all right then
1: uh oh that's some bullshit (laughs) uh,
0: um
1: yeah so uh one thing uh it is pretty hard to, like, attend, like, lots of tournaments, because it's pretty exhausting. Oh, yeah. That is one thing, also, playing lots of card games, is, like, you end up playing, like, a lot of casual games,
0: mm-hmm. but, like,
1: going to, like, a lot of competitive events can be really exhausting.
0: You know, going especially, to competitive you know, events in, at all.
1: Especially in Magic, where the competitive events are, like, multiple-day things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, like, even if you go to, like, just, like, a big one-day tournament, you know, it's, like, nine rounds. It's just super exhausting.
2: Yeah.
0: Because even so. for okay, like mostly for regionals, you gotta travel depending where you are, um, mm-hmm. and it's never like you can't just be like, oh, I'll pop over to a regional real quick. That's a all right. We're getting up at this time. You're sleeping over at my apartment. We're getting up and we're driving like hell to the convention center, where you know, blah blah blah. It, yeah. It's.
2: Even, like, qualifying for some of these is just like, Okay, well, I lost in round one. Now I get to sit here for five hours while everybody else plays the game.
0: Oh, yeah, because if if you went with your friends, you've got to wait for them to finish. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know if you've ever gone to a regional by yourself before. It is one of the most depressing things I've ever done.
1: Um. (laughs) I have gone to tournaments by myself, that's true.
0: It i've been to locals miserable. by myself that's not too bad but regionals
2: yeah. well locals you kind of but you kind of become known after a while right like you develop a rapport with the people there they kind of fit you kind of figure each other out and so as long since you're only seeing each other once a week you got shit to talk about yeah
1: but you know when you go to like a big event it's like the only time you're gonna see most of these people ever Mm-hmm. so it's like kind of awkward so yeah, going to alone is pretty shit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah. But I think Go uh ahead. one thing that di- one thing that's like different in like uh like Vanguard for instance or there's a lot of downtime in Vanguard tournaments cuz the rounds are like one one game.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: like there's a lot of standing around waiting for them to put the next round up. And Magic tournaments though, mm-hmm. like you know, you're playing best of 3s, hour long rounds. It is. It is that's an a, adventure.
0: That's exhausting. That sounds exhausting. Yes.
1: Yes. So, you know, if you're playing a deck that's, you know, maybe pretty hard, but good, it does take, like, a lot of effort to uh, simply, you know, go through the tournament.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. That, that is, now, I think, one big difference, too.
0: Now try doing that, and then the next week I'm being like, all right, I'm going to do that all again. Mm-hmm. But for a
2: different card game.
0: Yeah, Yeah. right. I feel like, do you ever get this where you start to, if you're either on autopilot or you're tired, when you're playing one TCG that you kind of, the rule, the rules of another TCG kind of bleed in? Not too much. Uh, I'll just switch around what terms I use.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, okay, so like drop zone, graveyard, that kind of
1: thing? Graveyard library, deck, yeah, like all that shit just starts to get mixed up.
2: Yeah, and you, and if you've been listening to our podcast long enough, you'll notice that Matt definitely does that when he's talking about shit in, on the podcast here, Oh, too. I
0: sure do. <laughs> Not that like, there's I'll anything up, wrong with that.
1: Yeah. I bring up magic terms, I'll bring up freaking Weiss
2: terms randomly. It's like, mm-hmm. pretty bad. <laughs> no, I... This is something I can actually weigh in on because even though I don't play multiple card games, I do play multiple video games at similar-ish times. And let me tell you, trying to remember key bindings between different games, and also like what what mechanics games do and don't have.
0: Oh god! Yeah, like your mus your muscle memory gets fucked up. You're like, yeah. Why why aren't I jumping? You're like, because you're not playing Smash Bros anymore. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Or like. My favorite I ended playing. up buying Modern Warfare because all of my friends were playing it, and after playing Rainbow Six Siege for so long, I've gotten used to being able to just cancel my reload by ADSing. But you can't do that in any other shooting game, so I'll, like, start reloading, AD, try to ADS to stop, and then my gun just won't shoot because I'm still reloading and I die.
1: Back in Counter-Strike 1.6, you could cancel your reload by doing a quick swap. Mm-hmm. Like, the two quick swaps back to your gun. It, uh, it, it, it took a little bit of time, but it's faster than the, if you if you were at the beginning of the reload animation. That was something else that people did,
0: <laughs> but I don't think you can do that in any other game either. So I don't know either. Um, it's just like something that I think you should consider before getting into another TCG. Is, like these are c- kind of the pitfalls you can fall into, um, but ultimately if you're gonna have fun by doing it, like, I'm bored of standard right now, then go do the thing. If you enjoy playing with your friends in the same McDonald's on the same street, whenever Friday you can, then go do it. Yeah. Suspiciously specific, isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of interesting
1: mm-hmm. interesting card games, like, I don't know, like, I I know, I know. Like I know, some people play like Dragon Ball Super, although I've never mm-hmm. been terribly interested in that game. I play like a couple games of it. It's fine, uh, just not for me. But I can see how people like it. People also really like the Dragon Ball IP, so uh, they'll they'll play pretty much whatever with Dragon Ball printed on it. But mm-hmm. uh, just, there's a lot of neat games out there. Give them a shot. Yeah. Like I know, some people were into uh, was it Legends of Runeterra, and I played it for like a day, and I'm like, I'm not into this, and I just stopped. Nothing lost. So nothing
0: lost. I, like, nothing I lost really hated the...
1: For, as far as like an online TCG or CCG goes, I really hated how the card acquisition was.
0: How so? Uh,
1: they wanted to remove like. They wanted you to grind for all your cards, basically. But what that really does is it, like, just makes people play a, a good decks that are like known to be good, rather than like trying to create things.
0: I don't know. Oh, because it takes so long, and you want to just right invest, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just not into the card acquisition, nor even the gameplay, really. So I just mm-hmm. kind of was like,
1: no, it's not for me, which is fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like, yeah, I can see why they like it. League of Legends is also like very, very popular. I like uh, the uh, auto-chess for League of Legends, the team fight tactics. That game's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I like watching units just match into each other. I, <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn a lot in a very like short period of time, because I was like, I have no clues going on. <laughs> yeah. But figured it out. But yeah, so... Try you could like you can try games at like a pretty cheap rate. Even if you're like just borrowing a deck and asking how to play, that's literally how I learned to play wise. Somebody handed me a deck, a, in Japanese by the way, and just told me what cards do.
0: Literally That's it. pretty funny. I, I feel like yeah, that's easier like, because you were you know so much about TCGs, but if you're just some rando, you're like uh poker um <laughs> <laughs> i feel like if
1: the people who like want to get into japanese weiss probably have played some other TCD before mm-hmm. i mean maybe that's not true maybe i'm maybe i have like it's just like everyone I, everyone who taught me to play weiss was in that vein i don't know if that, maybe that's not true anymore but uh yeah it's just uh I, like it People complain, like, japanese wife like, memorizing card effects, but it really doesn't take that long. At least. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but...
0: Easier said than done. Um, is it... <laughs> is it hard to memorize, like, 15 cards? It's certainly harder to concentrate going, doing a karaoke when you can see, like, at least six butts from where you're standing. Wait, just pretend
1: they're naked, Alice. But
0: they are naked! <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Balancing card games. Do we have any more? Do we have any other questions about this topic?
1: I'm trying to think if I've played any other card games. Uh, I've only helped people test competitive Yu Gi Oh! I've never actually played Yu Gi Oh! even a casual game. I really? I don't give a shit. I've only helped people test, test for tournaments with Yu Gi Oh! Okay. Fuck so the shit. <laughs> but, but I haven't played casual Yu Gi Oh!
2: Last time I touched Yu Gi Oh! was like. Around end of synchro, start of XEs. You remember Andre? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I helped him test for tournaments.
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah,
1: so we were playing like dumb dumbass mirrors and shit, and they, and I, I actually think like the uh, high end like pendulum deck mirror is like pretty fun. Mm. But a lot of uh, it was it's a whole bunch of. It, 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 the the format wasn't good, right? But the games were fun. That
0: yeah. Fun? So, like, if you tried yeah. to go competitive with it, it was just, like, annoying. But in your little, yeah, like, like you know, small pond. Yeah, you just try to win the die roll and make an unbreakable board, right?
1: Your opponent's like, can you? Can I break it? But, like, the puzzle of trying to get them to, like, be baited by shit is, like, really fun to me.
0: Yeah. I I like that psychological aspect to it. In um, Yu-Gi-Oh! I especially like... That the game has been around so long, you start getting wacky shit. Like, all right, there are these monsters that you can set as spells or traps, and if they get destroyed, they they summon themselves, and then it's like, ah, surprise them, all that good stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We very clearly run out of steam, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that's okay though. Uh, mm-hmm. Any anything else to add before we sign off here? Uh, Weiss is cool. Weiss is cool. Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, is freaking ridiculous, but, uh, it's half nostalgia, half peer pressure for me.
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. is just that game, you know, like, people play it, and you're like, well, this is kind of bullshit, and then you still play it anyway, because you hate yourself, I guess, or, like, yeah, what else other are, people... What else you do? Yeah. Everyone else is doing it. I feel like it's a very uh, SoCal problem, though. It's just, like, everyone's playing Yu-Gi-Oh! so you should play Yu-Gi-Oh! <sighs>
0: Everyone's playing Yu-Gi-Oh, so you play. I mean, not a terrible way to think about it, I guess. When I was in ten,
1: when I lived in Tennessee, when I was like in high school and like or college and shit, like very few people played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, like there were like Yu-Gi-Oh events, but it wasn't as big of ma- as big as Magic. But SoCal Yu-Gi-Oh is like massive.
2: Yeah. yeah. That That's dense Asian weeb population. That's... <laughs> That's...
0: That's for sure. All right. I think that about does it for this episode of Nexus at Night. Guys, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Wiggums2G's2Z's. Two two
2: find me at Plasma Eclipse. Sometimes I will do art.
0: Uh, you can find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find my other podcast, Bad Reading, on anywhere you get your podcasts, or find it on Twitter Instagram at Bad Reading Pod. And then, lastly, you can find this show at Nexus at Night on Twitter or Instagram. We rarely update the Instagram. Oh, next week, February nineteenth is my birthday, so there will be no episode then, um, because fuck you. I want to take a vacation. So, are you are you going to be doing illegal things, Alice? Uh, I might be going. Allegedly, to pl- I might be going to a place called Oridgon. Am I pronouncing you that correctly? You can't just make up places atlas. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure if like you you named a city that was on like the ocean and had a port, you would call it like port Right? That's how you do it? I don't know. Is uh is there a bunch I, of artisanally handcrafted things there? That that and some Nazis, but uh <laughs> Oops. Yeah, no, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going up there to visit a whole- an old high school friend, and we will we re- re- be uh, be back the following week, which is the twenty sixth, uh, I think. Well, I'll miss you, Atlas. Uh I'll miss you too, Matt. But uh, yeah, until next time, <laughs> I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm beer And have a good night, everybody.